Hey everyone, I'm Johnny. I'm Victoria. Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook. And we'll rank each book in a variety of categories, including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. This week's featured cookbook is... The Home Bar Guide to Tropical Cocktails by Kelly Riley and Tom Morgan. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Victoria. How are you? It smells fantastic in our kitchen right now. It sure does. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, How are you doing? I'm good. This week flew by. Yep. I didn't realize, man. It's Sunday today, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately. And Olive says hello. Yeah, I can hear her down there. She's starting fuss. Well, welcome to episode 27 of Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Uh, We'll get a few housekeeping things out of the way. If you go to our website, wecookbooks.com, you'll see the store tab, and that will direct you to our Amazon.com affiliate page. And as usual, we've got a couple of lists there, Kitchen Essentials for Home Cooks, and uh, cookbooks that we've featured on our Cooking the Books Instagram. Um, if you make a purchase on either of those links, um, it doesn't cost you a penny more. We get a little something in return, and it helps uh, keep this train going. So, win-win. <laughs> <laughs> As the kids say. All right. Um, let's go into uh, what we just finished up. We just finished the flavor equation by Nick Sharma. I feel like we're the last people in the foodie community to get our grubby little paws on this book. Yeah, but it was well worth the wait. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, I love the book. Nick, you are brilliant. Yep, can't wait to talk about it on a future episode. We'll leave it at that. And speaking of that, um for dinner tonight we are having uh f- spare ribs in malt vinegar with mashed potatoes from that book going to be delicious. We got it in the oven right now. Yep, it's been in for two hours. It's crazy because the only thing I've ever used malt vinegar for is fish and chips. I know, that's what it reminds me of. Yeah, so, ooh, and it smells uh, so good in here. It's got white wine and malt vinegar in it for the braising liquid. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, I did a little bit of baking yesterday. He he, he was a a monster. I was a bacon foo. Uh, I did some uh, pizza dough from the... Cooking for Good Times, Paul Kahan book. Uh, we've talked about it endlessly before, but it's our go-to pizza dough recipe. So we got some of that in the freezer. We're actually having pizza tomorrow. <laughs> trying, a new, trying a new technique Yep. with our cast iron pizza we, we pan. We have a round cast thing. iron pizza pan that someone sent us. So we're going to... We're going to put it through the We're going to give it a whirl. And then uh, I also did the baked garlic rolls from time to eat by nadia hussein yeah yeah that's a book that we'll be featuring very shortly i think next week it's funny because i was listening i listened to the my favorite murder podcast and i'm like back in the june july section and uh karen one of the um hosts was just she was talking about her time to eat show on uh on um Netflix. Oh, yeah. We've watched a few episodes yeah. of those. They're fun. So I think we watched the whole thing. Yeah. Because it wasn't very many episodes. That's a good podcast. You like that podcast, huh? I love it. <laughs> but I'm so I'm so far behind because I used to listen to it when I would go to the gym. They and- seem like they're doing all right. I think they've got a good... Oh, you know, yes. They've got potential. Yeah. <laughs> Gives us something to uh, aspire, aspire to. to. Yeah, right. All right. Um, show topic for today. 
This was a good one. And we put the word out to our followers on social media. We got some good suggestions. Favorite kitchen hacks or kitchen tricks. Um, you want to start with the listener submissions? Yeah. Um, uh, give me meatloaf, Annie. Annie, thank you for answering these every time. We I love know. you so much. Yes, we miss you. Um, freezing tomato paste one tablespoon at a time from the little can so that it doesn't go to waste. Um, you can use egg cartons or ice cube trays uh, for items such as pesto. Um, Annie, I don't know if you know, but you can buy... <laughs> You can buy tomato paste in tubes, too, which is what we do. It's a little bit less messy, but it is a great hack. All right. And then uh, Beth's cookbook review uh, had a a really nice detailed response, and I love that she took the time to do that. Um, She had a few different suggestions, including things like prepping everything before starting a meal. And a lot of these things we do as well, and I think for any – kind of competent home cook it's probably common sense stuff but you kind of forget that there's a lot of beginning cooks that may not absolutely it does it doesn't come second nature yeah yeah. and and so you know prep everything before starting a meal so you're not scrambling to try and get the prep done during the meal seriously it's everything yeah and then uh you know cleaning your kitchen before you begin uh i don't think we're quite that organized here <laughs> at tasty pages central but it's a great suggestion um and just you know kind of cleaning as you go and i think we do a fair amount of that uh-huh. like there's nothing worse than having just this big sink full of dishes after you finish a meal and there might be some drinks involved and the last thing you want to do is a bunch of dishes so well yeah you're all happy that you just had a a good meal, and then yeah. you walk into the kitchen, and it's like, oh, great! Now I get to go to work. Yeah. So you know, clean as you go. Um, also, reading the recipe in its entirety before you begin, because we've been guilty of of not doing that in the past, and then you find out, like, oh, we were supposed to do this the night before, or yeah, you know. So you know, great, great suggestion. She also mentions. Um, using like a menu board or a calendar for like uh, meal planning for the week. And this will also allow you to take an inventory of what you have in your fridge and pantry and Uh and reduce food waste. We do it obviously because we're featuring cookbooks and we've got to choose the meals ahead of time and do our grocery shopping and kind of plan out. But I think we kind of follow a similar procedure. And then there's usually at least one night a week where we have like pantry meals. Uh And so... Um, I thought that was great advice. And then uh, talks about making a grocery list. Um, I use a app on our phone called uh, AnyList. AnyList. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it allows you to keep all kinds of different grocery lists, uh, a list for like the department store, like Target or Marshalls or wherever you shop. And uh, when we run out of something... I add, add it to, it the, to list. the list. You do. And, yeah. I'm pretty good about it. I'm pretty diligent about it because I'm terrible at like getting in the grocery store and then trying to remember all the things we need. Yes. Yes, so, he is. <laughs> and that and that app, I'm we don't get paid for them, so I I have no skin in the game with that. But you can it allows you to like share the list between uh users and stuff. So it's it's really handy for us too, because uh-huh. I can like send you a list on your phone and um 
Great, great stuff though. Great advice. And then uh, one more. Uh, yeah, uh, we are beyond hungry. Um, said peeling ginger with a spoon, which is one we do. Yep. Um, use a damp paper towel for cutting board traction. Um, they stole all my great ideas. I know, right? Good night, everyone. <laughs> Show's over. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, um, you can also use, uh, in addition to that, you can also use that rubbery shelf liner stuff, yep. um, which is good because it's reusable, not disposable. Um, and just, yeah, you can wash it. Yep. What have you? Um, I've got one for you. Okay. Roasting, uh, peppers like bell peppers or jalapenos or what have you on the stove using a cooling rack. Uh Uh-huh. A wire, a wire rack. Yeah. Yeah. So what we do is like throw it over a couple burners on the stove, turn the burners on and then just use some metal tongs to rotate them and they get nice and blistered and charred. And there's really very little mess to clean up, um, aside from wiping down the rack, which really doesn't get that dirty anyway. So there you go. Good tip. Yeah. Um, putting a dish if you're if you're going to be whisking something, uh, putting a dish towel underneath the bowl so that it's not sliding around. And but then w- what do I do? while that's happening well hopefully you'll be doing something else i mean not everyone has a handsome smart hunky (laughs) husband to hold the bowl while they're whisking so i I get your point um i got one and we just used this the other day okay uh recipe calls for buttermilk you don't have buttermilk or if you're like us you've got like a three-month-old bottle in there that smells terrible um you can take regular milk and add a tablespoon of lemon juice per cup of milk. I have a question. Yes. For our listeners, would vinegar work? Yes. All right. Same ratio. Okay. Um, you can also use cream of tartar. Tartar. <laughs> Why does that sound wrong when I say it? It just makes me think of dirty teeth. <laughs> right? Um, you can also use yogurt. You're basically mixing an acid with the dairy. Yes. And so there's there's many ways to achieve the same result. But we actually just used that hack this week and it worked great. Yes. Um got another one? Yes. Um when you're baking, all you know, you're always supposed to use room temperature dairy, be it butter, milk, eggs. Mm-hmm. And so here's kind of a two for for butter. You can stick it in the microwave like five seconds at a time mm-hmm. and it'll soften it. Don't obviously don't. It melt helps it. to cut it into small pieces. It melts mm-hmm. a lot easier. No, I'm not talking about melting. I'm talking about getting it to room temperature. Like softening it? Okay. Yeah. So okay. you just leave it like whole in the stick and just check it after five seconds and just get it to soft. Not and- 30 seconds or it'll explode, and make a big mess. Right. Ask me how I know. It happened. Yep, last and week. It, it was a big mess. Yep. Um, and then for eggs, you can put them in a bowl of warm water, and that will help them come up to temperature much faster. Nice. Yes. I got one. Okay. Uh, using coarse sea salt to clean cast iron cookware. Yes. Now, obviously, this is for light, everyday cleaning if, if you're not making something really gross and messy. Um, we do have a little chainmail scrubby tool thing for the 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 more stubborn uh cleaning that's required but for just you know you made something in the cast iron you need to give it a quick clean before rinsing it out coarse sea salt works great rub it around in there done all right right you know what else you can use a cast iron for 
You can place it on a block of tofu under a kitchen towel or paper towel and uh, have that on a sheet tray and then it will like squeeze out all the liquid before you cook with it. For extra firm tofu, obviously. Silken, yes. it would probably just turn into a big mess. Don't try it on silken tofu. <laughs> You'll squish it. Yeah. Um, okay, I have another one. Yeah. Pitting cherries. I know they sell cherry pitters. I do not like single-use um, kitchen tools. Nor do I. Except for a garlic press, maybe. And I don't usually but use that But not those garlic often. peelers. We oh, those things those. are ridiculous. Yeah. A um, rubber tube that you stick garlic in. Yeah. I got a garlic peeler. It's called a chef's knife. <laughs> anyway. Um, all you need is a empty wine bottle and a chopstick, and you put the cherry on top of the wine bottle, and you press down in that little divot where the stem is, and the, the pit will fall into the bottle. Then do you save the bottle until it fills up with cherry pits? No. Why not? <laughs> it's but, my cherry pit collection. But I tell you, it, it can get you can get a little bit of cherry juice. You know, don't it, wear it, white. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I just make it a habit not to wear white in general. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a wearing white kind of person. No. Inevitably, a stain will just like drop from out of the sky and get on my shirt. <laughs> you could be like alone in a room yep. with no one. And all of a sudden, you'd have a coffee stained on your front. Hey, Johnny Cash wasn't known as the man in black for <laughs> no reason. He probably spilled some ketchup early on in his career <laughs> on his like, shirt. And he's I'm like, no. Nope. wearing black. Yep. Uh, I've got one. Okay. Uh, using a sheet tray along with a bench scrap- scraper to do food prep. So if you want to reduce the amount of dishes that you're using, um, you can prep everything and then just kind of put it in small piles on a sheet tray. And then you can use a bench scraper to like scrape up the individual piles into the pan or pot or whatever you're cooking. And then when you're all done, all you have is one sheet tray to clean up. Perfect. And along with the bench scraper uh, idea, use it to use it for cleanup. Uh, use it to clear off your counter and yep. whatnot. Um you can find that bench scraper on our kitchen essentials for home cooks list on Amazon. Yes, you can. And we could get a, a dime for your purchase. <laughs> and Go then, there now. And then I have one other one. Um, to keep brown sugar from getting clumpy and hard, put a cracker in, in, the, in the container. Right on. We've done that. I've got one. And this is one we haven't tried, but I just read about it and I'm excited to try it. So if you're baking bread and you need to proof your dough, you can place a bowl of like simmering water in your oven along with the bowl of dough and then just shut the door. Don't turn on the oven or anything. And just that uh, heat and humidity from that bowl of water will proof the dough. There you go. Yeah. You didn't seem convinced. You were, no, you were, I absolutely, I okay. absolutely. You were believe looking it. at me like suspiciously, like I was like, "You're going to give me the side eye or no, something." No, I absolutely. Okay. Um, you know, another one you can do. Okay. Fill a tall pitcher um, with water and a little, little small handful of salt, and then throw your wine bottle in there to quickly chill it. You know those like crazy machines they have at the liquor store or like Whole Foods or something, and you can put the wine bottle uh-huh. in there and they'll chill it. This kind of does the same thing, but you can do it at home. So you can chill your, your wine bottle in, a, in an instant, like 15 minutes, 10 minutes. That's yes. all it takes. Or if you happen to have a lot of snow, you can throw some snow in water yeah. in a bowl. And, That'll work. Uh, there you go. You don't um, even have to use any ice. You know when you grate cheese and you 
it kind of sticks to the box grater that you're using, spray a little uh, cooking spray on there, and uh-huh. it won't stick. Okay, of now, now of we're course, s- your cheese will taste like uh, butter, but... <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're starting to sound a little bit like a listicle now, so let's let's wrap this up. Okay. Um, I, I think we've covered everything on here. Let's get into this book. Okay, this let's book do was it. great. Um, so this is a cocktail book, obviously. Uh-huh. We try and introduce these in with our regular cookbook rotation from time to time. These are ones that we kind of work on over a period of weeks. Um, this one I think was kind of special to us because it's all like tiki drinks and cocktail drinks. And going back to when we used to live in Minneapolis, um, which is where we grew up, but like in the nineties, there was a regular, uh, weekly night at one of the neighborhood bars called club velvet. It was so fun. I have such fond memories. Like a tiki cocktail lounge Uh kind of thing. And uh, they had a list of cocktails created specifically for that night. Um, Tiki drinks, a lot of, you know, kind of similar things that we were working from out of this book. Um, Our friend Dean Vaccaro, who went by the name King Keeney. Shout out to Dean. Hi, Dean. We miss you. We love you. uh, From his enormous vinyl collection, all these like easy listening and lounge and exotica uh, music. Um, there was, there was a cigarette girl. This yeah. is back when you could smoke in in, yep. in bars. <laughs> that and, tells you how old we are. And uh, yeah, it was just a fun time. It was a great way for us to connect with our friends and drink some great drinks. And so that was kind of uh, you know the history and the inspiration. You know when we when we saw this book, we were just like, oh yeah, got to do it. Um, and then we decided to take it a step further and we wanted to, uh, collaborate with our friend, Alan, who runs a great site online called the outpost. And what can we say about Alan? He sent me some text. I'll, I'll use his words. Okay. So it's a mobile tiki bar. First of its kind in Chicago. It's in a 1960s camper that's been renovated into a full on tiki bar on wheels. Um, he does special events, so weddings, birthday parties, corporate events, and he brings the tiki experience to you. And then he's been doing because of COVID and his, you know, limited availability to, you know, do these events, he's been doing um cocktail delivery and uh like the occasional classes and stuff. And that's how we originally met uh-huh. him was we did a cooking class where he provided all the cocktails. No, for actually it was his class. Okay. It, it was uh it was it was for some people that we had done a class for before. Mm-hmm. And they were they decided to do um his tiki class, which was a great class. He yeah. he, uh, he would teach everyone how to make these gorgeous drinks. Mm-hmm. Um and they decided that they wanted the the clients wanted food, so we got called in last minute, and it was great. And yeah. we are lucky to have met him. Yeah, and I'm this collaboration was super fun, and I'm super super glad that it's happening. Agreed. And now I should also mention that our friend Dean, aka King Keeney, created a special playlist on SoundCloud for this book um and it contains a lot of the material that he would have played at club velvet uh-huh. and we'll have a link to that in our web blog so if you want to check that out please do um because that'll be fun as well and then uh the book itself has over 150 tropical cocktail recipes um along with like history of the culture photographs are great we'll talk about that in a second 
And it also has things like tips for creating a home bar. Um, Not even just a home bar, but there are tips for creating like how to create your own underground tiki bar. Yep. Like the full on gung ho. Mm hmm. And so we made three drinks out of the book, and then Alan from the Outpost did three others. And uh, I guess we should talk about what we made. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, the first one we made we made was uh, called Bachelor Number Five. Number one. Uh, number one. <laughs> Not even five. <laughs> I'm Top thinking. Of the list. I'm thinking of the Amy Man, <laughs> Amy Man uh, record. There you go. Um, Bachelor Number One, and it's it was. It's a modern take on the Vesper, which yep. wasn't that James Bond's. I believe so, okay. yeah. Um, and this used uh, Kochi Americano um, instead of Lilith Kina, which we cannot get here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I believe we substituted pomegranates. It called for like half an ounce of pomegranate liquor. Yeah. And we were just like, eh, for one drink. Well, the big challenge when we decided to do this book was we certainly didn't want to go out and buy a bunch of special ingredients that we may just use for one cocktail that just seems kind of wasteful. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of, and the book is cleverly divided into like type of spirit as well as like ingredients. So we just kind of use that as a guide to like see what we already had on hand. Mm-hmm. Um, if there was like one or two things that we needed to pick up. Fine, but yeah. we weren't about to go out and like buy a real bunch of like specialty mixers that we knew we'd never use again. Um, well, yeah, and that also kind of influenced what we were making too. Yes, because there are there are there are some cocktails in there that have like twelve different ingredients, yes, <laughs> three different kinds of liquor. Well, and that's where Alan's expertise really came in because he's probably got a more extensive uh, selection than we do. Yes. And so he was able to really lean into some of the more involved drinks and, and come up with these with these cocktails. So that, that was fun. And then he socially distant dropped them off to us and we got to try them uh-huh. and evaluate them. And uh, yeah. You kind of got off on a tangent there. I did. You were talking about one drink. Yep. <laughs> Uh, the next one we made was uh, unfortunately called Charlie Chan's Solution. Uh, the name, of course, a reference to Hollywood's whitewashing of culture. Um, the lead actors who played Charlie Chan in those uh, movies from the, I think it was like the 40s and 50s, uh, were a succession of white guys. <laughs> Not uncommon, unfortunately, but uh, yeah. That's, well, uh, Mr. Yoshi in uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, played by Mickey Rooney, of all people, which I I just still can't You know, that movie, I I love it. It, it, I almost feel like it's the perfect movie, except for that cringe-inducing role by Mickey Rooney. I agree. It's really unfortunate. (laughs) Otherwise, I love that movie. It's a great movie. Um this drink was super good. It it had uh, gin and pineapple. We got to use and, a tiki mug and lemon juice, um, and a little bit of uh, aperol and some passion fruit syrup. Very nice. The passion fruit was the one thing we had to buy for yes. this, and that still sits in our home bar. <laughs> we got to think of something to <laughs> it's do like, with that. Use me, <laughs> please. <Yep. laughs> and then uh, we moved on to another unfortunately named beverage: the tattered dress. Which is apparently inspired by damsels in distress from those detective novels of the 40s and 50s. 
It's 2021. Can we move beyond this? Let's call it the sexual assault. Right? (laughs) And I'm not trying to make a joke about sexual assault at all. No joke. That is not funny. Um, This was a simple four ingredient drink featuring gin, pear liqueur. Which is something else that we... Yep. And that's still in our bar. Anybody need any pear liqueur? (laughs) Hit us up. Uh, ginger syrup and then some club soda. So these, this was a nice, light, refreshing kind of what I would call like maybe a summer drink. Um, I I would totally drink that again. Yes. Well, and one. here's the thing about the book is there are some like some simple syrups that you might you know like infuse simple syrups that you might have to make. Um, kind of goes with the territory of like making fancy cocktails yeah. though. So don't don't expect to. Uh, be finding Jack and Cokes in this book. No. <laughs> um, one drink that Alan made featured rye whiskey, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was great because that's not typically found in like tropical cocktails. No. So it was, I, I was glad that he chose that. It was called Slipping the Great Beyond. And then um, he did this great, um, it's called Trader, Ch- Trader Tom's Wayward Rum Barrel Bowl. And it was literally a, a bowl that was meant to be shared, and he and he dropped off the the bowl, f- you know, for us to kind of borrow and and use. And the cocktail came in like a wine bottle size bottle. It was and, a, a an old a and it wine was potent. bottle. It it was very potent, high octane. I think we only had one of them. Like yeah. we split. Yeah, we split a bowl full of it, and well, we got, were like, "Woohoo!" It's got absinthe in the mix. Yes. If that tells you. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. And then uh, let's move on to our new segment that Wait, we started. You didn't, we didn't talk about the sultry seduct- seductress. What do you want to say about that? Um, it was... Had oh, all spice liqueur it, in it? It did, which kind of cracks me up because... <laughs> Uh, another book that we worked out of called for an all spice dram, and we're like, "What the fuck is that?" Yep, it was Barbudo. <laughs> we will not speak of that cookbook again. Okay, <laughs> go right. back and listen to that episode if you want to know more. <laughs> all right, so new segment that we started last week, and this is uh, most critical reviews on Amazon. So I looked up this book. Uh, fortunately, there were no one or two star reviews, but there was a couple of three stars. And so using our best, I would like to speak to the manager voice. Will you want to do one and then I'll do one? Okay. These are good. <laughs> so, yep. so three, three out of five stars from Glenn S. I was excited to get this one, but you better like cracked black, black pepper syrup or ancho chili pepper syrup because at least half the rum selection recipes are made with these odd ingredients with a few others just thrown in and rearranged in different ways. <laughs> The saving grace of this book is that it's well put together, designed well, and has other sections for other bases like gin, whiskey, and other tiki tropical cocktail books <laughs> you usually don't have. Considering returning it, it's since... Oh, wait. Considering returning it since it's not exactly what I was looking for. Oh, Glenn. Glenn, it's called Tropical Tiki's. It's, like, it's, a, you, it's a it, tropical cocktail book. I know, and, and the the... The assertion that half of the recipes use some like crazy syrup is just wrong. Yeah. And simple syrup, simple's in the name. <laughs> it doesn't get much easier. Like even if you're flavoring your simple syrup with something, it's pretty damn easy to make. Get off your ass, Glenn. 
<laughs> All right. Make the simple syrup. You'll okay. you'll thank us for it. It'll be worth it. <laughs> okay, give us another one. All right. So then, uh, as if that wasn't enough, TC had to pile on, and he says, "Everything looks wonderful. However, it's not a very accessible book for the." Ho- ho- <laughs> He's misspelled home as horn. (laughs) Not a very accessible book for the home bartender. Most ingredients are very difficult to find or have to be homemade with obscure ingredients. Can you imagine like someone reviewing a cookbook like that? Like, didn't like it. Everything had to be homemade. And I object. Right. (laughs) So, yeah, I I don't know. I think that both of those reviews, I feel like just fall into the category of like, know what you're getting into before exactly. like picking up the book. There's I mean, just like some kind of disconnect. You should expect to have to use like, you know, specialty ingredients. And I do understand, you know, yeah. say you live in Cookie Crumb Creek and you have one liquor store. I think I've been there before. <laughs> I they didn't even have a liquor store. I don't think they're going to have just a passion, gas station. <laughs> passion fruit liqueur. No. So, you know. But I feel like that's becoming less and less of an excuse because this is oh, probably you can order a challenge. stuff online too. Yeah, like people living in all parts of the world who might be cookbook enthusiasts and cook from cookbooks you adapt. So you order stuff online, uh-huh. you source it from somewhere, you know, but I just, I feel like that's a really lazy excuse these days. I mean, that might've been a challenge at one point in time, but um, now more than ever, it really isn't. So I agree. Yeah. Anyway, so we'll, we'll, we'll take those for what they're worth. Um, you want to start ranking this? Uh, yeah. Let's do uh- it. Uh, food photography and styling is the first category. What'd you give it? I give it a five. Okay. Um, there are a lot of fun tiki mug shots mm-hmm. throughout the book. I You can tell that the two authors are, they know their stuff. Mm-hmm. They're real enthusiasts. They've been doing this a long time. I assume they have an enormous collection of this little ephemera and barware and stuff and if they don't they probably have access to it and it was well did you not did you read the story about how they met because uh um must have missed that part you did anyway it was about um i blame that uh barrel cocktail drink that we had i will just say yes one of them had a very big tiki collection okay okay but i mean this the the photos throughout really like they're fun and they show off the different uh Mugs, props, um, all of the fo- drink photos were styled. Most of them included, uh, you know, garnishes as well as fauna, 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 <laughs> or and or flowers. And then uh, we already mentioned the stunning photography of like the home bars and tiki lounges and stuff. Well, and here's the thing about some of the photos. They seemed, they were, you know how like when you go into a tiki bar, it feels kind of dark. Mm-hmm. And it it everything was kind of dark like that. Like to me, it had a very specific like time mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. And I also felt like there was kind of on some photos there was a bit of an orangish hue. Mm-hmm. Um, you think but it's that's just from also, the lighting, maybe, or I think it was stylized to be that way. Okay. Because um, it, it, it's not it's not a case of bad lighting or anything. I yeah. just think it, it seemed like it was a very intentional mood setter. Cool. And, and most of the photos were dark. There were maybe just a kind of handful um, that 
were a little bit brighter or more colorful. What did you What did you give it for? I though? gave it a four. Okay. Um, and I pretty much, yeah, everything that you said, I yeah. agree with. It's a fun book to look through. Mm-hmm. Um, next category: design and layout. Um, I gave it a four. Um, the one thing that I really like is at the beginning, um, the uh, there's a table of contents mm-hmm. before you even get to the introduction. Yep, you know, and it's broken down into the liquors that these drinks take. Yep, type um, of spirit. Yep, and uh, and then alphabetically by drink name. So yes. if you were looking for a specific drink, it would be very easy to find. And. Um, what else? Oh, there is a, and I think this is very lovely. There's a warning section that says, mm-hmm. you know, if you have nut allergies, be careful about what you're making yep. because there are like nut based um, liqueurs. And a lot of the drinks have some grapefruit syrup. So check your medications yep. because there could be interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, it the was, legal disclaimers. Yes, and it, well, I mean, you know, but and I also just like that there would be two recipes on one page mm-hmm. and a photo on another, and the recipes were super clear, and there's a zombie head rating of how strong they are. Yep. Um, it was a it was a really easy to navigate book. Yeah, um, I gave it a five. Okay, uh, for many of the reasons that you mentioned, it's a very clean layout. Uh, two cocktail recipes on one page with the photo on the adjacent page. Um, we talked about the chapters and how they're divided. There's you know sections for the history of tiki culture, as well as setting up a home bar, as well as syrups and infusions. Um, we talked about the strength scale. I thought that was really useful because I think some people kind of associate these drinks with being kind of like mild and like umbrella drinks. They're fruity and easy to drink. Yeah, and it's like, no, there are some drinks in here that will... Knock you on your butt. Yep. And the thing is, well, I'll I'll talk about that when we get to taste. And um, there were sections for dividing the drinks from like what would be considered like well and top shelf. So Uh like if you're on a budget or you're budget conscious, you could pick and choose what you decided to make based on your your budget also taste preference mm-hmm. so they went from like sweet to dry and i thought that was really useful um and as well as the strength so like they a lot of thought went into making this book really user friendly mm-hmm. and i really appreciated that and we didn't even talk about the illustrations throughout that are uh from someone named Tiki Tony <laughs> And there were some, the, I mean, in addition to those drink photos that are fun to look at, there's all kinds of great kind of like exotica tiki illustrations throughout the book, which made it really fun to read. Dang, so. I missed a lot of talking points. I'm, I'm kind of busy. I've got my dog on, yep. on yep. our you, lap. You had Olive. Yeah. Not well. If I don't hold her, she'll sit here and bark the entire... We don't want that. No. I mean, that could be a new podcast. <laughs> Just listen Olive to her barking. Bark. <laughs> I'm sure people would love that. Yep. Tune in. <laughs> All right. And then uh, degree of difficulty is the next category. What would you have for that? I'm giving it a three. Uh, some of the some of the drinks do have a lot of ingredients. Mm-hmm. And some things may be difficult to source, whatever. But consider consider the book. It's not... You're not making 
gin and tonics or yeah i mean if you just want like a classic cocktail book there's all kinds of stuff like that Absolutely. out there i mean we're going to be featuring that pdt one in a future uh episode and that leans more in that direction this is definitely one that you know it's a it's a very specific category of cocktails yes and makes no apologies for that it celebrates that um i gave it a two okay um, I think if you can follow a recipe, you'll have no trouble navigating this book. Um, as you mentioned, some of the sourcing, some of the ingredients may pose a challenge, but I mean, we didn't have any issues with really like making the drinks that we made. Um, all the stuff seemed like stuff we had on hand or readily available it can also be ordered online. Um, oftentimes you can substitute stuff too. So if it calls for a particular mixer, it might not be exactly the same, but you can find something that kind of fits that flavor profile. Yeah, I don't know. Like banana liqueur, what are you going to... Well, I'm not talking about banana liqueur. But I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> as, as an example. Like, yeah. There's, there's not really anything that you could substitute for that. I mean... That's a drink you'd have to skip. I, I would assume like if, if you're using this book, you have at least an interest in like... Cocktails. Cocktails, yes. tiki cocktails. So, you know, having an assortment of like tiki mugs or different vessels makes for a more fun presentation, but it's not necessary. No. It's not going to affect the taste of the drink, obviously. But um, beyond that, like, I think the recipes themselves were, were solid and easy to follow. So, okay. yeah. And then lastly, most importantly, taste. taste. Um, all the cocktails that we had were really well balanced. Mm -hmm. I didn't think there was anything that was overly sweet. Mm -mm. Um, some of them were very easy drinkers, so be careful. Be careful. Yep. Um, and th here's the thing, a lot of... I mean, we didn't wake up in jail or anything, right? so success. Um, I feel like you can only have like one or two of these drinks anyway yeah. before you hit a wall. You know, like, or get into some serious trouble. Yes. Yeah, and th these were like... We, we divided this up in a way so that when we were going to make and photograph one, it was kind of like the beginning of the evening. Uh -huh. So that was like our way of starting off the evening. And then we'd switch to like wine or something. Yeah. And it, it worked out perfect. It was great to just try these different drinks that we hadn't had before. And they were fun. And it kind of, it's a great way to begin your evening. Yes. Um, would you give it for taste? I gave it a five. Yeah, I did as well. I mean, and plus, you know, we had our friend Alan hooking us up with his delicious concoction. So how could we not... That that barrel cocktail was yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Um, really you, fun book. Yeah. And if you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review. You can find us on the web at wecookbooks.com, um, as well as our Instagram at we underscore cook underscore books, and Facebook at wecookbooks. And production assistance was provided by Danny Schaefer. Thank you, Danny. All right. Before we leave you. It's time for a joke. All right. I got a good one. Uh, how do you get a tortilla chip to start dancing? How? Put on some salsa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. There you go. Enjoy your week, everyone. Thanks for listening. Be safe. Wear a mask. Bye. Take care.